Welcome to Account Trends, everybody. I'm Jason Stein with Intuit Accountants. My co-host, David Bernstein, and I are excited to be with you every couple of weeks to share the latest news, interesting perspectives, and hottest trends in the tax and accounting world. We'll have special guests on the show to help break these trends down and give you food for thought as you find new ways to deliver for your clients. But most importantly, we plan on having some fun while doing it. Welcome. Welcome back, everybody, to Account Trends. We have, as always, with us our very special guest, as we like to tease him, saying, Mr. David Bergstein, CPA, CITP, and Alphabet Soup. How are you today, Mr. Bergstein? I'm doing great today. Looking forward again, once again, to uh, what we're going to do today. Uh, I, I know Heather a long time, but I turn it back to you. I am definitely excited to introduce a longtime friend, thought leader, influencer, extraordinaire, Ms. Heather, Heather Satterley. Heather, thank you for being here today. Oh my gosh, thank you, Jason. I am so excited to be here. I'm like so excited to be on this podcast with both of you. So thank I, you. I, you can't possibly be as excited as I am because <laughs> I have been waiting for this day for 20 years since we first met. <laughs> so Heather, um, you you are you you have quite a, a good amount of stuff going on here that you're you're serving both the the tax and accounting profession plus you know serving your clients. Tell us a little bit about yourself and your journey and um, what you're what you're doing out there. Sure. So I am um, I am a CPA. Um, that's another story. I became a CPA later in life, um, but I am a CPA. Um, I my focus really is on helping others with uh, technology within their businesses. So I have this, you know, I have the accounting background, but where I found about, I don't know, 10-ish years ago was that where I am best serving my clients is in the, uh, you know, the process space and the technology space. So across all the things that I do, I really focus on uh, helping others to streamline processes, solve problems, um, and, and really make their lives a little bit easier. It's a good place to be, but since you're a problem solver, I can ask my secret question. Uh, how do you turn the problem-solving situations into recurring revenue? That is a great question, um, and I've been asked that many times, believe it or not, uh, David. So the way that you can do that is, you know, it's 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 great to do implementations um, with clients, find the technology. That's a service, by the way, for those accountants that are listening, like helping find the, the technology and recommending it to your clients is a service, um, helping them implement the technology and training their, their team um, is also a service. But the additional recurring service is actually the maintenance and the support that you can offer to those clients. So once I've had that, you know, once I get them set up and I train them, <clears throat> the recurring revenue comes in when we're maintaining the connections that we've made uh, and we're supporting the team that's actually using the technology. So that's where that recurring revenue comes in. Um, the other thing that I would say is when you do a good job for a client, and I know you know this, um, you know, David, is when you do a good job for a client, more business comes in. I've had clients that I've worked with 20 years ago that they started a new venture and now I'm working with them uh, with another entity. So um, in that case, it's, it's kind of recurring, um, but it might take a little while. No, good, good, good answer. That's the answer I was looking for. I bet you turn some of that recurring revenue into an advisory services of one type or another at the same time. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, you know, 
it's interesting as accounting professionals, when we meet with our clients and we're advising them on tax or accounting or, you know, process, whatever it is, um, our clients don't always know everything that we do, right? They, they reach out to us because there's one problem that they think we can solve. And through that relationship and helping them with that one problem, they, they, they find out that you know a lot more and that you can help them in a lot of different areas within their business. So I do find that a, a large, a very large percentage of our clients will start working with us in one capacity. And before we know it, we're working with them in a bunch of different capacities. Um, and we really are able to continue to build on that relationship. Yeah. And it's, I, I that's, that's something we talk about a lot. Like <clears throat> clients don't even know what you offer. They Often they'll come in the door because they've got a problem or they need to something compliance related. And, you know, time and time again, the the thing we always say is your clients want more from you. They, they do. just don't know what you offer. And so it's like, we got to get over this selling is a dirty word mentality and really, you know, put together like, okay, here's what we do. And by the way, it, it, your tax returns going to be a part of that. Sure. But that's not what we focus on. Right. And, and so one of the things about your firm that you have you've done that I think is a little a little bit more unique, um, but I'd love to see more firms doing um, is uh, you offer specific tech technology consulting as an advisory service, too. Yes, we do. We do. So at Growth Lab, we offer um, <clears throat> we offer a myriad of technology consulting products to our clients. So one is we'll help you implement. So we have a service called Manage Connect which means that you'll come to us, you'll say, I want to connect these two apps, but I don't want to deal with having to connect them. I want you to deal with the app developer. Um, I want you to, I want to make sure it's done right. And then I want you to train my team on how to use it, which could be another service. And then I'd like you to manage that connection. So if anything goes wrong or my team needs additional support, um, you know, we're there to help them with that. And that is where, you know, recurring revenue can come in, right? Because we're doing the consulting up front to figure out what they need. Um, we're making those recommendations, which is absolutely advisory. And then we actually do the implementa implementation consulting throughout the implementation and manage that much like a project manager, right? So we're the project manager that helps that entire implementation go smoothly. Um, you know, from the selection of the app all the way through, you know, training the team on how to use it and supporting them, you know, beyond that. So we're, we're doing all of that. And, you know, it is something really near and dear to my heart. Um, I got into technology consulting because back in the early 2000s, when we had, um, you know, everybody was on QuickBooks, well, not everybody was on QuickBooks desktop, but most <laughs> of us were on QuickBooks desktop. There was a very small group that had already gone to the cloud, um, but it was very expensive for our clients to have integrations with the QuickBooks desktop. Um, it usually required uh, either a really expensive software that was already pre-built or they needed to hire a custom developer to build that solution. And that was something that was really frustrating to me as an accounting professional, as a problem solver, because I could see what the solution should look like, but I'm not a developer and I couldn't build it for them. And in order to have that built for a lot of the smaller businesses, they just couldn't afford it. So, um, you know, when, when when we started to see no code applications come um, you know come around and really become prevalent, I was one of the early adopters of that. Uh, you know, I started using no code to build simple integrations between cloud-based apps for some of my clients, and I fell in love with it. And so that really was the thing that started my journey. And I, I always say it was like finding a magic wand. 
um, all of a sudden I could solve these problems that were beyond my reach, just being an accounting professional, right? And now that I have these tools and there's so many of them out there now, um, I don't need to be a developer. I just need to find the right technology that will allow me to create the solution that I imagine. I love that. How I love the the connection to the magic wand too, because that's exactly like what you just described. Like, especially as you paint the picture of this was such a struggle, and now this. And and by the way, I think no code is a new new phrase that we're tossing around in the in the tech space in our profession. You want to talk a little bit about what that means? Oh yeah, yeah. So no code has, in my opinion. I think I've heard it a couple of different ways. The way that I usually refer to it is a no-code application is an application that allows you to create custom automations and custom integrations without the use of any computer coding. So you don't have to know Python. You don't have to know Ruby or HTML. Um, many of us don't even know that those exist. <laughs> and that's okay because you don't have to. What it does, what the, what these technologies have done is they've they've taken that code and they've put a really slick user interface on top of it that allows those of us that know what we want to create to create it really easy by using drag and drops and mapping. And, you know, um, so it just becomes very friendly, user friendly. So if you can imagine it, you can build it without knowing any code. Um, Oh, go ahead. it's It's sort of like plug and play for people that don't know how to use it. It's the democratization of technology array. That's what they're saying, to make it easier that everyone can do it. And you're taking advantage of it right away ahead of the game. Absolutely. And, and you know, back when I got introduced to it, which is, was actually, I was introduced to it by an Intuit employee, <laughs> um, Jared Keneally, who, who ran the developer program for a bit. Um, he actually said, you need to go check this out. And I went and I actually wrote my first automation that day. It was that easy. And I had my first paid engagement with a client where I built an integration between QuickBase and QuickBooks Online within three months. Wow. Yeah. And I'm not going to say, I mean, my, my aptitude for technology is a little bit, probably a little, a little higher than the average bear. Um, but if I could do it, I didn't know any code. And I was doing this and offering this as a, as a service within three months. There's lots of people out there that are way you know, more tech savvy than I am that really should be looking into this because it's so valuable for not only for their clients, but for their own firms. So are you, are you advertising that as a niche uh, yes, to absolutely. attract business? Yeah. So Growth Lab, we're, uh, Growth Lab, Growth Lab, um, Growth Lab uh, we are offering um, the Manage Connect service. We're also offering the implementation services, um, you know, at our, you can find it on our website. We actually have a page for both accounting professionals that kind of focuses on what we do with them. And then we also have a page for small businesses, small to mid-sized businesses, what, um, on what we, we offer to them. So yeah, definitely find more about that. And it's growing so fast. Oh, I'm sure. It's I'm growing sure. so fast. And uh, David, I like that you called it a niche because it, it is, it, right? It doesn't have to be, a niche doesn't have to be you know, a type of industry. Usually that's what people center around or anchor on, but um, it can, it could be a type of service also. Uh, and, and, you know, that's one of the many types of advisory services you can offer, but why not just, I mean, what, what, why is that important for an accounting firm to do Heather? Why didn't you just say, well, let me partner with an IT firm and, you know, have them do that and you could refer them because aren't they more centered around technology? Like what, what made you decide this was important for accounting? 
It's important for accounting because business intelligence comes from accounting. It comes from proper accounting processes and, and clean, useful accounting data. So I could build an amazing app that does all kinds of things, but if it's dumping you know, data that is not useful and does not allow me to create or my clients to create reports that help them to run their business and, and really make really sound, solid business decisions, then that app is not going to help. It's not solving any problems. It's really just creating more work. So the, 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 the thing where I, you know, Liz, my, my, um, you know, my business partner with Appy or my co-host, we're always saying that you need the developer and you need the accountant to be working together when you're building business applications that involve your financial statements. It's just as simple as that. Because if you don't have an accounting background and you don't understand debits and credits and, you know, the format of our different financial reports, then you can really mess up somebody's books by dumping data into it. So the accountant is absolutely the right person that should be having these types of conversations with their business clients because they understand what good financials look like. They understand the type of business intelligence that their clients need um, to stay compliant and to run their business and be profitable. Um, And they understand a relational database, because I, I, I tell you, I think all accountants, we think like relational databases. We do. That's just how we're wired. And so when we start to think about how things are connected, it just comes naturally to accountants. So I, I, it's, it, it is. And it's really fun, too. Um, there's a magic to it. I mean, it's the same magic when you save your client a bunch of money on their tax return or you get them a big refund and you're like, ooh, I'm a superhero. The same thing is mm-hmm. true. When they're complaining about, you know, it takes me 15 hours to, you know, to, to, to do payroll every week. And then all of a sudden you get a system set up and everybody trained. And now it's taking them less than an hour a, month, a week. Yeah. Like all of a sudden they get 14 hours of their life back. Like, yeah, that's big. Crazy. Yeah. That's big. And, it you is. know, I, I, I think you're dead on right. And, you know, we, we talk about technology's impact on our profession from sort of this, if you will, a, a, from a cloud down, right, type of perspective of look, look at what technology is doing to this profession and it's automating workflows and blah, blah, blah. But I don't think we're talking enough about technology's impact on our clients mm-hmm. and the role that we play in that. And I, I love that you've put such a big focus on it. And now you also do consulting for accounting professionals as well, Yes. Absolutely. So talk about that some, because I think that might be catching some people's interest. There's probably, I hear plenty of accountants say, I'm just, I'm not a technology expert, Mm -hmm. right? So how do they get from, how do they, how do they make sure that they're, they're taking advantage of the technology in the right way without over-investing and without having to, you know, be an expert? So, I mean, partnerships, right? So if you are, for example, I have lots of colleagues that are really great at tax representation or they're really great at, you know, nonprofit audits, which are things that I'm not, you know, um, mm-hmm. that I'm not focusing on, right? Um, and so, you know, partnering with other firms that do these types of, sort that provide these services really well just makes you look good. So that would be one thing that I would say. But if you're looking to streamline your own processes within your own firm, um, you know, there's definitely, um, you know, we help with that. So we have looked deep into our own processes and spent a lot of time going through and figuring out what works um, in, in, for our firm. But we've also worked with other firms because teams work differently. 
And so there is no one tech stack, in my opinion, that is going to be right for every single accounting firm and accounting practitioner or every business out there. It's just, it doesn't exist because every team has different personalities and they have a different synergy and they have a different way that they think about things. And with technology, something as simple as a user interface can make or break whether or not an app is going to be fully adopted within an organization. Because if the team works in a certain way and the technology does not cater to the way that the team is used to communicating, it's not going to be successful. It's only going to be frustrating for the people that are trying to use it. So, you know, really digging into the organizational, you know, um, structure of the company and looking at the synergy and the relationships within the organization is a key, key, key um, factor when you're selecting technology. And a lot yeah. of people forget that. They're just thinking about what is the functionality of the technology? What does it yeah. do? And just because yeah. it does something that you need doesn't mean it's the right solution for you and your team. You're, you're exactly, yeah, you're exactly right. And on the flip side, one of the things I talk a lot about is, um, and you probably run into this, and I'd be curious um, how you navigate it, but also being open to changing processes, right? Because there may not be a technology solution that's exactly the same as what you're doing today. And in fact, you should really kind of be open to what the technology is solving for, because oftentimes technology doesn't solve a singular task. It solves a series of tasks. And it, it does that with a different workflow in mind. And so it's critically important for these firms and firm owners as they're, as they're looking at technology solutions to look at the solution that's going to best match the team, like you described, but also have this sort of openness to, hey, we might have to adjust how we're doing things, but it will be better for us in the long run. Have you Definitely. have you come to run into Ab that? Absolutely. So one of the things that I see, it's, it's actually kind of staggering how often I see this, is I'll get into, I'll start working with a firm or a, a business and they'll be showing me. So one of the things that we do, and everybody's heard, I think everybody's heard this term, but we do what we call a discovery. So the discovery is we spend a lot of time meeting with the uh, you know, with meeting with the organization, all the players, and we document the existing process. So it's kind of like an Intuit follow me home, right? <laughs> Where we we will sit with the client and we will ask them to do whatever it is that they're looking to solve. So what makes this so horrible, right? Um, and we'll watch them and we'll record it and we'll document what they're doing. We'll ask lots and lots and lots of questions. Um, and, and while we're doing that, a lot of times we'll be like, you know, why are you doing that? You know, they'll show us a step in a process and we'll say, why are you doing that? And I can't tell you how many times the answer is, I don't know. <laughs> the way they show me to do it. That was, I, it's staggering how often that, that answer comes up. So what happens, especially in established firms, is these firms were started 20, 30, 40, 50 years ago. And they got a process that worked 20, 30, 40, 50 years ago, right? right. It doesn't work anymore. And so you're absolutely right, um, Jason, that you have to open your mind to what are we, you know, what is better for the organization? You have to have an open mind um, and you have to find champions um, within that organization that are going to help to drive the success of the implementation. And so another key to a successful implementation is a really strong understanding of organizational structure and change management principles. So, you know, you called me an influencer when you first introduce me. And one of the things that's really important, especially in larger organizations, is understanding the influence that each person within that organization has 
on the other members within the organization. I have had uh, business owners that have, you know, hired me to come in and completely transform their processes. And there was one person within that organization that had so much influence over the entire, you know, rest of the players that were going through this implementation that they completely derailed the project. And so that's really important to be able to recognize those players and also to help them see the light, as it were, um, in a way that they become open to it. Because if you can't do that and the organization is not willing to change staff, um, you, you, you could very quickly find yourself, or even worse, get three quarters of the way through a very expensive you know, um, implementation and find out it's not going to work because this one person within the organization isn't buying into it. And they're the one that really holds the keys. So what I would say, you know, to, to, you know, is that when I, when I went back for my, my uh, master's in innovation at Northeastern, the change management course was the, in my opinion, the capstone course to that entire program, because that was what helped me to see how important relationships are to any process. Technology is great, but there's even times within a process where you can't have technology take that particular step. It has to be a person. And I learned that the hard way. (laughs) (laughs) All great points, though. So so let's talk a little bit more about um, your your consulting with other firms, because I think, you know, I think it's it's definitely interesting to consider the, the the tech consulting you know as as an accounting firm you know should i offer those services whatever i think you know people people can decide that um but i but i'm interested in hearing more about your experiences in consulting firms um on their own technology stacks what do you what do you commonly run into and what, what are the things that people struggle with and how do you overcome those struggles yeah, so one of them is is just to piggyback on what I was just talking about. One of the big problems is, or you know, challenges I should say, is getting those champions. So I'll have a firm come to me saying, "We want to, we want to go cloud. We want to get everything, you know, streamlined and automated," um, but they don't want to participate in it. So that's that's one thing. The other thing that we see is, you know, when they come in. Um, they don't have their, docu- their their processes even documented. So when we ask them to even start to say, okay, let's streamline your processes, um, you know, we say, well, how do you do things? Oh, I don't know. Do you have a, a you know a standard operating procedure? No. So th- a lot of times that's where we'll start is we'll start helping the firms to document their existing processes, and we'll start to help them to learn how to do that on an ongoing basis, so that they are de-risking their firm so that when new people are coming in, they can easily hand over the keys to an engagement or whatever. So we'll, we'll, we'll work with them on that. So that's one way that we work with firms is actually going through and documenting the existing processes, understanding where there are opportunities for improvement. Um, and then the other way that we work with firms is, uh, you know, we'll, we'll actually do the implementation. So they'll come in and they'll say, I really want to do this, but I'm just not feeling comfortable actually going through and making the connections myself or I don't have time. I want to do this, but I am at full capacity and I just don't have any extra time to actually get, you know, get these processes implemented. I'm totally on board. My team's on board, but we need somebody to actually guide that process and help us and coach us through 
these changes within the organization, and we will do that as well. I hope that answered your question. Yeah. No, I think that's fantastic. <laughs> and, and, you know, I was, as you were talking, I was thinking about like, you know, there, and I don't know how prevalent this is still, but I, I would imagine it is. There's, there's so many firms, you know, especially from the owner's perspective, where they're very in love with their workflows and their processes. They've spent a lot of time curating them and cultivating them. And, I, you know, I'm trying to think about like, and then they're busy. They're nonstop busy, right? So they're like, well, I don't, you know, and that's the that's the challenge with implementing different advisory services too. It's like, well, I'm I'm already at capacity. And so how how do I how do I move past that and be able to work on my firm more than I'm working in my firm getting the work done? Yeah, well, one step is to automate stuff <laughs> so that you're not right. You're spending so much time on 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 the work that you already have. So if you can streamline your your processes and and your operations and get your engagements done quicker, right, um, with the same quality, now you can either free up capacity to take on more clients, or maybe you can free up some capacity to make some of these really important changes that you need to make in your firm, so that you'll actually see an even bigger, you know, uh, capacity increase. So, um, you know, one of the things, you know, an example that I have is, you know, I always tell our team, if you do the same thing more than five times, let's talk. If you're doing the same thing with the same data and the same format more than five times, I want to know about it because we can, maybe we can automate it. And a perfect example of that is um, canned emails. I would tell you that whenever I give a webinar or I'm working with, um, other accounting professionals, um, I'll ask people to raise their hand and say, do you use canned emails in your CRM and your, you know, Gmail and Outlook? And I would tell you that it's probably 10% of people do. And that is one place where you can do an automation that is going to save you an enormous amount of time. And it's really small and it's not disruptive at all. So an example that I have is um, my, my five-time rule is you know, I'm an, I'm a QuickBooks Pro Advisor. And so people are constantly inviting me into their QuickBooks Online um, as an account user. And so after typing in the instructions on how to invite me as an account user, you know, more than a couple of times, I'm like, okay, no, no, I don't want to do this. This takes me five, 10 minutes every time. I need to automate this. The solution was so simple. I went out to the, you know, QuickBooks support and found the instructions for adding an account user. I copied it. I went into my email and I opened up an email and I pasted it. And then I put a, hey, client, um, here's the instructions for you to you know, invite me as an account user. And then I saved it as a canned email. So now I have this saved canned email. And then every time somebody needs to invite me in, I say, you know, I pull up a new email, I put in their email address and I select that canned email, hit send and I'm done. Now I've saved myself. If I do that five times a week and it was taking me 10 minutes, it's 50 minutes. Yeah, adds up fast. What a minutes. perfect, what a perfect example of an elegant, simple. We, we sometimes we we hear the word automation and we think, oh, that's a huge technology thing. And no, oh, it doesn't have to be. It just means that you're thinking about the work smarter, not harder, right? And and being more efficient. And little, even a little idea like that can save people hours, it hours can. of time, a day, a week. It's 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 astounding, and it's so simple, and it's free. Right. It's free because you still have to write that email that one time, which you're going to have to write anyway. Now you're just getting saved. So, I mean, it, it's not even more time, that particular solution. 
So, you know, part of what we do is we, we, we start with those. We always start with those because those little teeny wins are, which are actually really big wins, but to us, they're like simple things that empowers our clients to want to keep going. Mm-hmm. When all of a sudden they're like, oh, I don't have to write this big long email. I'm just going to go select that. They're like, oh my gosh, that was so impactful in my life. Let's keep going. Let's, let's yeah. keep doing this. Yeah. And, and that's, uh, it, I, I call that the Dave Ramsey mentality of like financial health, right? Dave Ramsey focuses on the emotional elements of financial health. And so he focuses a lot with people on, hey, just, just get a win on the board. Just mm-hmm. get something that gets you excited about this and helps you see that you're making significant progress, even if it's not exactly the right next step, right? Um, mm-hmm. It's just about making, getting something accomplished because there's a huge emotional element um, and psychological element to that. So I, I love I love this conversation. I think that's a perfect place to wrap it up. David, did you have any other questions for, for Heather before we wrap things up? No, you've done such a perfect job today. I've <laughs> maintained my quietness. So you've done a great job. And- <laughs> Heather's given all the great answers here. I know. I like I know. The, the one thing that I point st- sticks in my mind is when you get a new engagement and you go into a client, ask them to show you the documentation for the processes. And I probably say 90% of the time they don't have the documentation. And that's a great starting point to win the technology consulting engagement. Yep. 100%. So Heather, um, where so and I want you to talk about Appy Hour a little bit too because that's that's growing in popularity, isn't it? It is. Um, so Liz and I started it. I want to say we're going to our fifth season, if you can believe it. Um, but we started it um, out of our love to help our accounting community kind of demystify the world of apps. So what we were hearing from our peers was this is really uncomfortable. Um, there's so many options out there to choose from. Um, it's risky to be recommending applications to our clients. How can we handle this? And so Liz and I, just because we are lovers of technology, we spend a lot of time just together as friends, you know, calling each other up and saying, Hey, you know, let me show you this really cool thing that I just found. And we'd vet it together. And it was just so fun. We decided, I bet there's a whole bunch of other accountants that would enjoy watching us go through this process. So that's what we've done with Happy Hour. So we've got over 1,400. Um, subscribers to Happy Hour. Um, they are. It's a, a bi-monthly webinar series. Uh, we you can join our Zoom um, and join us on Zoom. We have a lot of fun there, or we stream it live on Facebook uh, twice a month at least. Uh, we're doing something we've never done before this year. We're doing Happy Hour Camp, which is happening in September, uh, which is an intentional educator event. So we're bringing together other thought leaders and educators and those that are really deep in the accounting technology space and that are evangelizing technology together with um, some of our top rated uh, technology partners like Intuit um, for a three-day retreat to really talk about how do we come together as accounting accountants and developers and continue to create this magic and make sure that we're creating solutions that are having the best possible impact on business. So we're really excited to be doing that. Um, can't wait. It's all coming together. Liz and I were just out at the venue last week, kind of getting some final final things done. Um, so that's been really great. So we'd love to have people join us. Those are lots of fun. I'm absolutely in love with everything you're doing for within this profession to help you know others learn from your your journey as well. Um, Heather, if people want to connect with you uh, and, and continue learning from you or potentially even engage you for consulting services, 
uh, how would you recommend they find you best? Yeah, so um, for the automation services and the you know the no code consulting, you want to go to growthlabfinancial.com um, forward slash no code. That's how you'll find us. Um, and if you want to shoot me an email, it's heather heathersatterly.com. So that's as easy as it gets. Um, so yeah, and I'd love to hear from you. Brilliant. Brilliant. Well, Heather, I can't thank you enough for taking the time to be on the show today, sharing sharing your learning journey with us around technology and, and how you've leveraged it in, in these unique ways. Oh, well, thank you for having me. I always love hanging out with you, Jason, and you, David. I've known you both for so long. It's like just hanging out with a couple of good friends. That's right. My that's I always look forward to time we get to have together, and hopefully that'll be again soon. So there you, there you have it, folks. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, Mr. Bergstein, always great to have you as usual. And uh, we will catch up on more great content next time. So thanks for listening, everyone. Thanks for listening. Please follow us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. If you like what you heard, please leave us a five-star review. If you want to learn more about any of the topics discussed on the show, visit intuitaccountants.com forward slash podcast. Account Trends is produced and edited by Luke Johnston. Copyright Intuit 2022.